how can I live loved every day? It's not a silly question. Grab a cuppa and join me, Carly Thompson, and my wonderful friend, Kaz Weber, for a little spiritual soul time out as we talk about her life-giving new book, Daring Grace, Four Sacred Dares to Wake, Parent, and Live Loved Every Ordinary Day. Imagine if every day you could wake up more peaceful, more loved, and more captivated by your daily life. What if you could reject your feelings of never good enough, clean up your toxic thinking, and experience kindness in yesterday's failures? My longtime beautiful friend, Kaz Weber, wife, mother of five stunning girls, teacher, and now author, shares her journey of daring grace and of becoming daughter to God before all else in her new book. And I'm blessed and you'll be blessed to have her sharing on the podcast today. Welcome, sweet soul sister. Hello. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, it is it is an honour to have you today and I am just, I feel so privileged to be a space where you're sharing what God has done in your life and in the journey that he's taken you on in the last, how many years has it been? Oh, it's a good decade. A good decade. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you've, you've gathered up all this wisdom from a good decade and you've put it into beautiful words and it's beautifully written. I have had a chance to read it. I assure you, it's just so beautiful to read. You've beautifully written it and you've put just some beautiful God changing things all the way through your book. And I'm going to ask you lots about it today. So I'm really excited. Thank you. (laughs) So our question today is, how can I live loved every day? Now that's a really broad question. And I'm hoping that over this little bit of time with a few questions, we'll be able to unpack it together. And I'd love to hear how you sort of came to be on this journey of living loved every day. Okay. It is a big question. And I didn't realize when I started the book that I'd end with that Um, because I was ultimately writing about grace and I felt like I had to unwrap these whispers that I was getting from God on daily grace. It was in, in the thick of parenting. I was questioning some of the things that I was really wrestling with in my daily life. And daily grace became a whisper that I began to question. And I was learning that my faith needed to be daily. There was no point doing anything without God in my daily space. And grace was part of that, um, uncovering that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Like we all need daily grace, don't we? We need to have that grace of God with us in every moment of every day in everything that we do. Yes. And grace was one of those words that we threw around a lot at church Mm -hmm. and I knew scriptures about grace, but I didn't know how to apply grace in my daily life. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something I knew I could apply to my daily life. It was, I guess, I talk about in my book being on a sacred shelf. So I'd separated it from my daily life and um, I functioned without grace every day, which meant I functioned without the love of God every day. Um, Oh, I shouldn't say every day as far as I didn't, I didn't know grace was with me. Um, I didn't know, like I ultimately woke up to realizing that grace was the near and kind leaning of God, which meant he was super present in every moment of my day, Mm -hmm. which meant 
his love wasn't absent from any moment of my day. Mm. Uh, and I didn't realize that when I dived into grace, I'd be diving into, I should have known, but it was the love of God. Mm. So yeah. Mm. So beautiful. So Kaz, when did you realize you weren't living this beautiful, grace-filled, loved every day? So that's really been an unfolding journey. Um, I was waking up as a parent every day. For quite a few years, I just did parenting. So it was probably around the time of having my fourth daughter that it got quite intense. And I was waking up and I wasn't winning every day. I wasn't, the house wasn't tidy every day. The kids weren't perfect every day and life felt out of control. And then at the same time, I'd been raised in this Christian culture that in a lot of ways had put a lot of positive things into me. But on the other side, I felt like I needed to do more for God. So I was waking up with my kids, doing nappies, doing house cleaning, doing dinner over and over and over and over again when I knew there was a world out there that needed God in a way that I wasn't doing it right then and there. So I was really wrestling every day with feeling good enough for God. And I didn't realize at the time that this was shame. So when we spiral into a place of not being enough, of not feeling good enough about ourselves, good enough for God, good enough for whatever position we're in in our life, that's shame. And I had no idea. I had no idea. And what would happen was, let's say I got cranky at the kids. um, I had a meltdown over whatever mess they didn't clean up or whatever mess I wasn't on top of, I would spiral into a place of real negativity and that would overflow into a really toxic place in my family. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was when did you realise you weren't living loved every day? <laughs> so I, I guess a part of me, because I grew up in a family of faith and in a church community, I, I knew God as being really good and I knew he loved me, I think, oh, to a level, but I didn't feel or walk in that every day. And I don't think we have to feel the love of God every day, but there was a there was a gap between truth and I guess lies that I was believing. Um, and I now know that we can live awake to the love of God or asleep to the love of God. And even though there were certain truths that I thought I believed, I didn't really believe, believe. Um, there's actually a quote in the Wonder Woman movie, the first one, the second one I don't love, but the first one is really awesome where I think she just gets up and she's just like, I believe in love. And I think that's where there's a gap often in our lives Mm. where it's like, I believe in the love of God when I'm doing good stuff, when I'm earning the love of God or when I've showed up to the right meeting or I've served at the right thing um, or I'm doing a good, let's say the good Christian thing. Uh, and when our daily life doesn't feel like the good Christian thing, then do we believe in the love of God? That's mm-hmm. just it. Um, and I realized that my gap was, I just didn't believe in the daily love of God. And when we say daily, it means every moment, every second, every mama temper tantrum. It means every failing space, does God still love me? You mentioned just before uh, you were spiralling in your thoughts and they were toxic around not being good enough. Do you want to unpack that a little further? Yeah, absolutely. So this whole practice of learning how to live loved is rejecting the opposite. So living loved and waking up in grace, it means we actually have to reject Mm. shame. And shame is a word that I didn't realise I was living in 
and wrestling with every day. And I think most of us do. Um, Brené Brown, someone, if you've never explored the, the topic of shame, she was amazing. And one of her books fell into my lap and I was able to put words to what was going on, I guess, in my daily life because I didn't understand. I just knew I wasn't... Um, I wasn't healthy in some in moments and I didn't understand what was going on. So um, there was always an awareness that my mind was a big part of it, but I didn't realize that shame, which is steeped in lies, it's, it goes way back to the beginning. It's a deception about what we believe about ourselves. So I was just deceived about the love of God. I didn't realize how near he was. I didn't realize how good his love was. And I allowed shame, which is ultimately about not feeling good enough in any situation. So to all you teachers out there, it's waking up and feeling like you're failing your class already before the day's begun. Um, It's waking up feeling not good enough in your parenting. It's waking up feeling like you don't have enough time, you don't have enough money, you're not fit enough. It's anything, any time not enough comes into your language Mm. and that tends to just spiral your thoughts into such a, um, a dreadful place that it then overflows into other areas of our life. So um, for me, it was overflowing into my parenting and just it overflowed into the way I related to God. So I didn't relate to him on this. He just loves me. Uh, It related to I earn his love. And when I wasn't earning his love, I thought he was distant. I think it was, it's this, yeah. I just didn't realize how close he was. And that's what grace was this discovering, identifying grace was part of the journey of realizing how near God was and then recognizing that ultimately grace is the greatness of the love of God poured out to us in our mm. daily life. Yeah. yeah. And I know, I know for myself as a teacher, there's so many times in a day where I do feel like I'm failing. I do feel yeah. like there's more I could be doing. I feel the shame of not being good enough. Yeah. And, um, and I can just imagine that there's many of us in the same boat as well. And, yeah. and just being aware that that's a mindset that we need to change of not good enough, but living loved, that's life-changing. life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing, um, being a person of faith, it's really what I said before with my woman, it's actually believing in the love of God, like believing, allowing our mind to surrender to the love of God. And that's sort of been the journey. Like he, he gently taught me in daily moments. And I share stories in my book. This It's this unfolding of recognizing grace was in my yesterdays, grace is in my todays, and grace will be in my tomorrows and our forevers. Mm-hmm. And we live held by grace. I love that living held by grace. That's such a beautiful picture. I'm just imagining that in my classroom space. Do you have any thoughts on living loved as a teacher or living held by grace as a teacher? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the idea of being held by grace came from, uh, as I explored this whole book, I realized that we were wrapped up in grace. And one of the things I talk about was, is God leaning towards us in our daily life? and recognizing and surrendering actually to not just his leaning but his presence in total which is almost like this falling back into his arms at times and so as a teacher I know and I've seen um, how much you guys all carry and ultimately it's surrendering to the love of God and surrendering to his kindness and surrendering to his presence and um 
and probably from a really practical perspective because that's all part of you you actually your mind needs to do that you you need to be able to go hang on i'm in a moment that feels out of control which can be daily in your classroom god where are you you're here even if i don't sense you we can trust that he's with us and we can lean into him and let him wrap us up um but also there's this positioning, the practice that I've, and I'm still working on this. None of this is ever like wrapped up in box ticked. We can't wrap grace up um, with a neat definition even, um, even though I tried a little bit, but I really left it as a canvas for us to continue in our daily life. Um, but I believe in the best way, and this is what I'm still struggling, like still working on. I can say struggling because some days I don't, but the best way is for us to mentally wake up with God and wake up in His love and wake up knowing we're loved, knowing we're held. Um, my final section of the book is about knowing we're found, really trusting we're found. Um, because the biggest thing with what I discovered with Grace is I walked for a long time unaware and then I awoke to the grace of God, but then there's this complete faith space of living found. And so we get to choose. We get to wake up in the love of God and mentally position ourselves with practices so we can rest in His love. Um, and I do think it's really important in the morning. I think, especially if you're going into a workplace where there's so many dynamics all the time, if you found a pause in the love of God, I do believe that will overflow into your daily life, into your classrooms, into your children. Um, yeah. And that's something you actually walk out with God. That's continually changing. And I reckon it's probably continually changing for you, Carl. Your morning practices, your morning. Different seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Small kids, older kids going back Mm -hmm. to full-time work. Yeah. Those practices have had to change and they ebb and they flow with whatever season of life. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's super broad. I, I've put some things in the book that it's, there's some creative things, there's some meditation things, there's some journaling things. So for you to really explore what, what does my heart mostly lean towards or what, where do I really find a soul rest in, um, in the presence of God? And then you position yourself to practice those things and watch mm. what God does. And, listen to what God says. It's so profound when we pause in the presence of God and in the grace of it. And the the hardest part, the hardest part is waking up, letting go of yesterday and whatever you screwed up in yesterday and going, you love me right now, right here, just because I'm daughter or son and your grace says I'm enough. Like it's so profound and um, it's super beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I, I just sort of was picturing then people putting I am enough like on their mirror in the morning yes. or, you know, on the front of your Bible or uh-huh. somewhere in your classroom where you walked in and you walk in and you yeah. can just look at it and go, I am enough. Yeah. And, it, and, and not I am enough because of anything other than, I am so deeply loved by God. Absolutely. Yeah, so beautiful. So, Absolutely. so beautiful. So living loved changes a person from the inside out. How did living love change you? Um, so it's still changing me. I'm, I haven't, yeah. I don't wake every day still. Mm-hmm. I tend to go for a walk and that sort of unclears the fog if I wake up in a bit of 
Um, I actually call it Ungrace. And there's a book, um, Philip Yancey, in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, he talks about ungrace. I think he created that word. So in, you don't have to say, I wake up in shame, but you can wake up in ungrace, which is a nicer way. But ultimately, we can swing. And so we can daily swing between grace or ungrace. And, and momentarily, we can swing between grace and ungrace or living loved or feeling unloved. Um so the way it's changing me really practically is I just don't spiral the way I used to. Mm. I've learned to rest more, not always, but more and more quickly in the reality that I loved, mm. which means that in the morning, if I've, I've woken up and I still wish I'd done something different yesterday, or I wish I hadn't, I still yell at my kids at times and I still completely stuff up in my daily life. It just means I, by faith, trust that God is holding me and His grace is holding me. Um, and there's that beautiful scripture, I can't remember off the top of my head, where we just walk with freedom and confidence mm. into the th- towards the throne of grace. And it's just trusting that. As people of faith, there's some scriptures or a lot of scriptures we need to just trust that we can really do it because of the blood of Jesus. So um, there's some days I really just have to trust that, mm. that I can and I do, and something beautiful always comes out of that. Um, so there is more freedom. There is more joy. Not every day, not every moment, because I still don't always choose it. I still sometimes allow myself to dwell in mm. deceptions or, or yeah, I just don't always embrace the truth of his love. And um, I think there's a place one day that I believe, yeah, I, I think we can. I think that's what Jesus learned to do. He learned to live like on earth, completely immersed in the love of the Father Mm. and wrapped up in the love of the Father. So I just think we can. Yeah. And I loved how you were saying that it's a choice. Yeah. You know, you know, don't you? You have moments where you're thinking, I'm feeling all of these feels and you know what? I deserve to just lash out or spiral or something. Or you can choose to let it go. Let the feelings pass through you. Acknowledge all the things that you feel. Yeah. But also choose a different direction yeah you don't have to react or you don't have to um, allow those emotions to dictate your behavior yeah yeah you've actually brought up something that we haven't talked about that's probably one of the most important parts of this process is Mm. getting vulnerable with god yeah so i didn't i haven't shared about that i do share about it in the book um just some of my really messy moments Mm. where we are so aware that um I guess we really need God and mm-hmm. we can run from that. We can outrightly run from the nearness of God and not confess. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't, it's not like it doesn't have to be, we can think in our head, we've got to confess our sin. It's not necessarily like that. It's just coming to a good father and saying, oh my goodness, I really need you. And this is where I'm struggling. And I do this in my journal. This has really been the, the practice um, for me where I just, he lets us be messy. Actually, I cannot, I'll find a quote. Yes. I've got a quote. Yes. Oh, let me see. It's by Max Licardo. <laughs> oh, here it is. Yay. Grace is God walking into your world with a sparkle in his eye and an offer that's hard to resist. Sit still for a bit. I can do wonders with this mess of yours. And that's I love that. basically, mm. like, I just know how messy teaching is, parenting, mm-hmm. super messy. Life is just messy and God doesn't want us to hold our mess. He's like, bring your mess to me. Let me have it. Let me share it and let me wrap you up in it 
And just know he actually offers solutions. He offers wisdom. And a lot of the time, some of the, what we think is really big mess is nowhere near what we think is real. It's just, it's just nothing on the radar um, once we've met with him. And it mm. becomes this beautiful deep breathe out. Yeah. We all um, need a good deep breathe <laughs> out. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But we have to get messy with God. I mm. think that's the key to um, Brené Brown talks about we've got to name shame or we have to share the story of shame. Mm. And it doesn't always have to be with a, um, a person. And sometimes we don't have a person, but we always have God who we mm-hmm. can download our mess to and our failures to and let him wrap us up. Mm. in his grace hug mm. yeah. oh i want to be wrapped up in his grace hug right now <laughs> yeah. right now is there have you noticed um if it's changed those around you this new journey have you noticed differences in in those who are closest to you um if, it would be fun to bring my girls in actually, <laughs> one day i say, would love that hey <laughs> Um, how do you guys find mum with grace and love? And I think the biggest thing is when we lean towards God, we tend to hear a bit more. Yeah. So if I can just encourage you that when you pause to lean in towards God, um, knowing that he's leaning towards you. So he's always leaning. He yeah. never stops leaning. It's just we have to lean back and surrender and, and surrender to love. That's it. You just surrender to his nearness and his love. It's mm. not like you have to surrender your house. Like it's, you surrender to his love first. And then, and then he begins to whisper on how to parent these girls and how to parent, not parent, but how to teach in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this really beautiful exchange. My kids will 100% tell you that I am not perfect. Um, I would like to think, I think the more I try and wrestle out how do I lead my children into a place of faith, he just keeps whispering or very clearly saying, teach them about my love. Mm. Like if we're going to teach anything to our kids, we can teach them a thousand Bible stories. And I think I heard this quote too the other day, like, um, oh, actually I can't remember. <laughs> it was something about knowledge. And, you know, take someone who knows a thousand scriptures versus who really believes mm. in the word and the love of God who do you yeah. want to talk to like yeah. um so yeah. you know I'm still my kids are normal kids who I'm just trying to lead into faith but I just need them to know his love and then I think the rest follows hey because mm. yeah. that's it yeah that's it the yeah. guts of the cross I said this this week somewhere the guts of the cross is the love of God yeah um yeah and yeah. Yeah. And and even just bringing that, you know, for those of us who are teaching in Christian education or in the Catholic system who have um, the ability to share the love of God in um, words and in actions in our classroom, um, you know, sharing, that that's what it's all about. And and even for those of us who aren't in, uh, who are in the public system, you, you are sharing the overflow of the love of God in yeah. your life as you lean yeah. into him and allow his, the nearness of God, like you said, to... Um, always leans into us as yeah. well yeah. yeah so Kaz is there anything you'd like to say to the teacher out there who is really finding it hard to live loved today in this very moment yeah I, I do actually um I just want you to do a picture for a moment a golden scripted invitation and it's only got one word on it and it just says come mm. that's 
and it's a never-ending invitation. It, it doesn't change with the seasons. He always just wants us to come. And I'm going to read. It's out of Song of Solomon's or Song of Songs in the Passion Translation, which is such a beautiful, grace-filled translation I discovered. And um, it's out of chapter 2, verse 10 to 13. And it says this, The one I love calls to me. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. And I just want to speak over you that a season of grace has come upon you right now. And it came the day Jesus resurrected on this earth. And I believe it it, it rises every day with the sun as the sun rises and it covers this earth and it fills this light, this light, this earth <laughs> with the light of Christ and um, just come and let God love you. Mm. And that's his greatest invitation to mm. us. He doesn't need anything more. I know we get taught he wants more and needs more and demands more, but when all is said and done, when Jesus was farewelling his disciples, he just says it. I came to reveal the love of the Father to you. And that's what he did in a thousand different ways. And I think he does it all around us every day. Mm. And we just get to lean back. Mm. Just come. Amen. 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 <laughs> amen. Well, I know that you guys have been totally blessed and totally blown away and I really don't have any words after just listening to that beautiful scripture and just sitting with that and I know that you want to hear more from Kaz and in this journey of daring grace and living loved every day and Kaz where can all of these beautiful people find out more about you or your resources or you know, your book's coming out soon. We don't have a date yet. Soon. I'm hoping before Easter. <laughs> hopefully before Easter. That'll be a perfect Easter yeah. gift. You just If my children are perfect, yeah. <laughs> then it'll be perfectly before Easter. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope for that. <laughs> if um, life's perfect. If life's perfect, which it never is. Uh, but that's okay. Where yeah. can we be following you so that we can yeah, get in touch so with you? so I'm just Kaz Webber. Um, yeah, I'm actually Carolyn Webber. But um, we just go by Kaz because it's easy. Mm. Uh, so on Instagram, Facebook, and then my website, kazweber.com.au. Because we love Australia. We do love Australia. <laughs> we do, we do. Oh, thank you, Kaz. It has been just such a privilege and an honour to sit and allow you just to teach us the things that the Holy Spirit has been teaching you about being daughter. What a gift to have you today. And well, thank you for the privilege of being here. And You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for episode five of It's Not a Silly Question, a spiritual soul time out for teachers. 
If you have any so-called silly questions, you can email them to me at carlythompson.com. And if you're keen to grab a copy of Kaz's beautiful book when it's released, keep an eye on my Insta feed at carlythompson underscore faithrightteach, where I will definitely be posting about it. Or check out my show notes for other ways you can get in contact with Kaz. Remember, you can live loved every day. And when we live loved, his love overflows into the lives of our loved ones and our students. Let me leave you with a beautiful quote from Kaz's book, Daring Grace. Maybe our greatest season and change to come is more about our internal world than our external. This following Jesus life is not about works or religion, sacrifice or even obedience as much as it is about surrendering to the cascading love of God upon us, within us, all around us. Jesus' invitation, follow me, was always and will always be an invitation to surrender further to his divine love.